three, two, one. Roll the footage. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Simon Severino, your host. And my guest today was culture strategist at Zappos. He's also the author of The Culture Blueprint, a systematic guide to the high-performance workplace. He co-created Zappos Insights, a Zappos subsidiary educating companies about the secrets behind Zappos' amazing employee culture and workplace customer service. He took the proof of concept from a small website to a multi-million dollar business teaching over 25,000 students per year. Welcome, everybody. Robert Richman. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Robert, what are you currently creating? All kinds of things. Uh, I'm creating something called Culture OS. It's a culture operating system that is a whole way to think about culture. Um, it starts with this idea of the minimum viable culture, which we can get into. I think that's some really interesting discoveries that I've made about what what culture really is. And then What's getting the minimum viable culture. Hmm? What's the minimum viable culture? Yeah, so it's the minimum viable culture is really understanding what it is and what holds it together. So, you know, culture is everything that's not just the pure business. So what does that mean? It's everything in communication, which is recruiting, onboarding, training, interviewing, managing, meetings, messaging, marketing, innovation. It's all these processes of communication that exist in every business, right? So then, okay, if it's all those things, that's not very simple. That's a lot of things. And it, just saying it's communication-based doesn't help either. So after doing a lot of work with, with both Zappos and many companies throughout the world, I started to realize there are some simple concepts of culture that help us really grasp it in a more practical way. So when I ask a group, what is culture? They'll tell me 30 different answers from it's the way things are really done to it's the values to it's the beliefs and it just keeps going on. And I'm like, you're all right, but how can we all have 30 different definitions? So the simplest definition that I use to describe a culture, which can be any organization, group of people, tribe, team, company, etc., is these two bookends of it's what gets you into a group and it's what gets you kicked out of a group. If those things are really, really, really clear and kept to, um, then you have a strong culture. When those are weak, that's when you have a, a weak culture. So it's, it's understanding what gets somebody in here. What do they have to do? And that's not just on the recruiting interviewing part. It's also the onboarding and training part. Like the Navy SEALs have a very rigorous onboarding that tests if you have the metal to really be with them, right? And then what is a fireable offense, for example, at a company? So I'll, if you ask most managers at companies and say, what's a fireable offense? They'll say uh, harassment, um, gross negligence, right? It's rare that they will say, these are the 10 values we operate by. If somebody is not in alignment with these values, it doesn't matter how high a performer they are, they are cut because the culture as a whole is more important than any individual performer. So that's um, that's really one of the of the posts, the the pillars of minimum viable cultures. Do you understand clearly what gets somebody in? That's a rigorous process, and what gets somebody out quickly when they violate a value of the group. Do you see some example of a 
a culture where you see they're doing it right right now and everybody knows them. The one that I use, them, I, I often say to a group, okay, what, who has the strongest culture? And I don't like to say good or bad because it's subjective. What you might like, I might not like. But we can agree when a culture is strong and you could say, wow, I don't want to have anything to do with that or I don't want to be in that, but I can see how strong they are. And I ask groups what they think that is and they say Google or Zappos or Disney and all these brand names. But I say, no, those, those are great companies, but they're nothing, I believe, compared to a group like the Navy SEALs. Because the Navy SEALs, when they talk about culture, um, if they don't do that process that I told you about, recruiting the best people, training the best people, um, if they don't do that all well, people will literally die. So most of us have work that isn't life or death, but theirs is very much life or death, and they pay more attention to culture and performance than anyone. So I really see them as, as uh, models for how to create a strong culture. Many people in the community right now are debating Twitter as having a weak culture and they say it should have a stronger culture and that's why Elon is right in doing that. What is your perspective on, on Twitter culture? Uh, it's really hard for me to say because, you know, the, the a, a group like the Navy SEALs or Zappos or other ones like this, they'll they'll publicly share through stories, through books, what it is. You know, you don't see all these books written about Twitter, about what the culture is. You're seeing things kind of come out uh, secretly. So if it's it's already a secretive culture, um, so that we don't tend to trust. I don't tend to trust just because I don't know, right? So it's hard for me to comment on what I don't know about. They're not proactively sharing it. Um, so I, I don't think I can speak with authority or confidence on the Twitter culture because they're not really sharing it. And I really, I really believe the strongest ones are sharing their culture. Who was very vocal about their culture? Netflix has been quite vocal about their culture. Is that an example of a strong culture? Yeah, especially in their, their early times. Um, I think that they've, uh, their, their culture deck that went around was very good. I think the, the funny part is when people read about this or see this, they say, oh yeah, it's really simple. You just hired the best people in the industry with the highest salaries. <laughs> like that is a bit of a hack to do that. Right. Um, I think their, their deck is, is, is really good. I think, uh, uh Patty McCord did, did great work there. Um, and you know, I, I, again, I'm not sure now because things have gotten really politicized, but I, you know, to, and, and the same thing for Zappos, right? Like I wouldn't say the culture now is necessarily the same as when I was there. I can comment on when I was there and what happened there. Um, so Netflix, again, with their their early culture and how they built it, I think is incredible. I think something also incredible about Netflix is they did something very, very different in the industry, which is, you know, they they didn't they didn't dabble in original programming. What they did at the time was they spent a hundred million dollars on House of Cards. So it's like taking their poker chips and going all in. They said, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this with pure excellence, great script, great stars, etc. Um, and they really bet the farm on that and won. So I, I love seeing that when a culture is willing to to bet hard on a thesis or an idea like they did. They also you, are a model for disruption, I think, which I love talking about as well. We can talk about disruption because they, I, one of my principles of disruption that I've discovered is that it starts by, uh, with a big frustration, 
like people had with the DVD rental market. And then they removed something that everybody thought was essential. So first they removed the store. They said, we don't need a store. We can do this by mail. And then DVDs. And then they removed the DVDs. They said, you don't even need DVDs. So I love that, that they that the most disruptive products and companies, I think, remove what seems essential, what everybody thinks has to be essential, they remove it. And that's where the innovation happens. Beautiful. And you have something very cool cooking right now. It's a format for events that can spark creativity and innovation. I want to hear everything about it after one word from our sponsors. What if your business would run well, even when you are on vacation? Discover how 1,600 business owners have regained their freedom using the Strategy Sprint's blueprints. How they enjoy living their dream and watching their business scale. Get the exact checklists they use to go from stressed to fulfilled using the Strategy Sprint's method. Order your copy of Strategy Sprint's 12 Ways to Accelerate Growth for an Agile Business on Amazon today. And if you love it, leave us a review. For more information, head over to strategiesprints.com. When smart guys like you launch a new format, I'm excited. I want to hear everything. Why this format? What is it about? Yeah, so I'm I'm what you might call a maximizer. What is that? It's 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 have you ever tried taking strengths finder test? Have you done that? I did. Yeah, so uh, great. If anybody hasn't done it, it's a great way to understand what you're really good at. I took the test and I am a maximizer, which means a maximizer uh, takes really good things and makes them amazing. Rather than building a lot from scratch, somebody like me takes something really good and takes it to the next level. So I took something that's already really good called open space technology, which was developed by Harrison Owen as a format for conferences where the people get to set the agenda. There's a theme, but people set the agenda and then individuals get to host conversations and then write down the notes from it. And I've been taking that and applying it to the corporate world. Um, a lot was influenced by my mentor, Daniel Mezik, author of The Culture Game and several of the books on culture, because he discovered how much it's an open source format to, to crowdsource the best ideas from the company. So he and I started working together with, on that and doing work for, for, uh, for Intuit. And since then, I've worked with Capital One, ING, um, Stanford Healthcare of uh, using this format. And what I love about it is that it... it it means leaders have to let go of the illusion of control. CEOs let go of the illusion of control because uh, they, they, the, the strongest ones realize they don't have it. It's a perception. Oh, I'm the CEO. I'm in control. No, you're not. Especially when you have a huge culture and a huge group of people, you, you are not in control. You are, can't even micromanage them. Uh, if you tried. So they understand that and say, okay, if I don't have control, how can I use that to my advantage rather than fight it? And this format allows a leader to say, whatever their goal is, says, how are we going to create blank product? How are we going to dominate this market? Whatever the thing is, whatever the CEO wants. And then the culture, the group, it could be uh, a division or the whole company uses this open space format to then create all the ideas and crowdsource all the best strategies to do it. And so I've, I've done, I've had the privilege of doing this with some of the best companies in the world um, that are willing to understand the truth 
of what's going on because it, it, it surfaces all the conversations that people uh, are having off to the side, but not in an officially sponsored way. And so that's why I developed openspace.events, which shows the videos of how to do it. I, I've, I've put my manuals up there that I use to do this so anybody can do it. Um, I certainly love to talk to companies that want my help, but I also want anybody to, to do this because uh, you know it's, it's an open source technology that companies can leverage to get the best ideas out of their people. And which companies should use it and for, for which stage or which, which problem they, they are sort of, or, or for which topic? There's two cases for this. There's one is the original purpose of open space, which says that it's something where the deadline decision was yesterday. Um, you need a diverse range of opinions. You're not a tied to uh, any particular outcome of the crowdsourcing and that it's opt in that nobody's forced to do this. And uh, so that's that's when you've got a really, really specific thing in mind. But I've also seen it where a company will do it for their annual meeting, for example, and say, okay, this is the strategy. This is the goal this year, especially if they can prioritize. If they can prioritize, it's great. If not, ugh, a lot of problems can surface. But if they can prioritize at the beginning of the year, that means they're crowdsourcing the strategy by open sourcing it and then getting the best ideas and then determining what will work from there. And what I found is that it really works well for big companies uh, as well because it surfaces where everybody thinks that they don't have permission to do something and they remind them of that. Or a uh, surface is an idea that's already being worked on and they tell people and it connects people in this fabulous uh, network of connections. And it's the only thing I've seen that, that, that not only does work, but builds relationships because you'll connect with people across the company that you didn't think you even had anything in common with. And now you do, and there's a relationship there. And I think cultures are ultimately simply a network of relationships. I remember Zeppos as the king of customer service, wowing the customer. And it was the case in, right. in, in, in everywhere, right? And I, I, I wanted to learn what is Tony doing and I found out that it was Holacracy was the operating model. So I went and became a certified Holacracy practitioner. What? But over the last years, I didn't hear much. What? What's going on right now? Um, a lot happened. Um, oh, so you're talking with Tony or with Holacracy? I was a Holacracy practitioner. But are you asking about what happened? You know what about happened what happened to Zappos right? and to Holacracy? Yeah. Okay. So I, I assume you know the tragedy that happened with Tony. He died. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, a whole long story there. But anyway, the yeah. um, well, Holacracy, as far as I know, in terms of, uh, of Zappos, was uh, basically they, they, they didn't keep sticking to it like a religion like they were before uh, and, and use it as, as processes through the company, but not as like a strict operating system. So the, the, you know, the, the best, the best scenarios for Holacracy, and I'd love to learn from you and what you learned from that, but the best case scenarios that I've found for companies is that they'll do it religiously for six months and then stop, stop it completely. And then they see, Oh, what worked and what didn't about that, and then they create their own system. That's how I've seen the best companies use Holacracy if they're going to use it. Cool. Yeah, similar experience. You need a strong culture to begin with that wants to onboard such a process, and then they they literally need to make it their own. I, I absolutely agree. Right. It's in phases. They need to make it their own, have some variations, 
And, um, and there has been a lot of variations happening. So that's, that's Zappos. But now let's look forward. Uh, what's exciting you? What are you working on right now that you would like to share some, some, something about? Yeah, I'm, I'm still completing the Culture OS right now, the operating system. And I'm also thinking a lot about what is the future for companies um, because there's a lot of vectors happening in the world right now that looks like there's going to be a lot of change. Um, so that means two things. One is how do we create cultures that are strong in change itself, um, but also dealing with the vectors, for example, um, it's, it's looking like supply chains are going to be more and more of an issue. Food supply itself an issue. Um, hacking could be an issue. So all these things that, that could be happening, and I'm writing up my ideas around how a company proactively prepares for that in a way that's an opportunity, not fear-based, but create, sets everybody up for success in the company whether these vectors are happening. And I think that one of the things is, is the individual. You know, We all think we're, we're okay with change until it's a change we don't like. Um, so the question is, do the individuals in the company have the internal resilience to be the calm in the storm. So to use an analogy, imagine a tree in a storm. Like it's all over the place, but the roots are strongly holding it in the ground. So if people don't have strong roots, they're going to be uprooted. There's going to be a lot of mental health disorder. So I think that part of it is not just uh, company strategy. It's really how do we train our people to be resilient people? Um, and I think there are practices that I, I, you know, I just went to the Joe Dispenza retreat about meditation and how much meditation, um, specifically guided meditation can really, really help with that. Um, so that's what I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about and working a lot on now is what are the companies of the future going to look like? What are the cultures going to look like given the current vectors of the world? Where do you take your inspiration from any particular podcasts, books that inspire you? Um, historically, certainly in culture, the, the pillars have been good to great that really had a big influence on, on Zappos and myself, um, tribal leadership by Dave Logan and John King and Haley Fisher, Wright was just an incredible viewpoint on, on culture itself. Um, personally, the book, the surrender experiment and the power of now were very great in terms of being really, really present and accepting the, the moment. Um, so yeah, those are a few of mine that there's. Certainly a lot more we could talk about, but that's a few. I love this surrender experiment because it was the first book that I read written by somebody who was an active CEO in that moment, right? And mm. he's describing like the legal struggle and all this real stuff. That, yeah, 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 that's that's a real CEO life. Right. But he was always able to have these both levels of reflection, like what's happening to me and what's the bigger thing calling here and how, how can yeah. I surrender to that? Which right. is such an amazing book. Totally. I have to read it again. Mm -hmm. And um, and so what's what's up next for you? What How does this year look like? It's interesting. I'm not entirely sure. It's it's really evolving, and I'm I'm creating it. I, uh, um, you know, I think uh, I've I've been very lucky in my career, and I have a def definition of luck, which is being in the right place at the right time with the right people. And I've come to believe that when we're really in alignment and coherence with our bodies, with our minds, with our spirit, then um, luck happens a lot. And when we're not we, we get signs and signals that we're out of coherence. 
and um, tempt, getting us to get back into it. So it's been a year so far of just incredible connections and meeting people up to big things and and companies up to big things. So I'm I've realized how much um, this has come not through working hard, quote unquote, but through following joy, through um, being open minded, through getting coaching that's really helped me process a lot and facing things that I haven't wanted to face. Um, just being in relationship, all these things of these that are not directly on the nose. In fact, one of them is surfing, more like going surfing, just how much it realizes gives me a, a sense of peace. Um, so I, I think that it's going to be a trend in the future, I hope, that I want to influence through one of these is a book that I'm writing that's, that's actually done called The 48-Hour Day, which is all about how do we get more done in less time when we're really, really, really focused versus just working all the time and not getting a lot done. Um, so that's that's what's up for me. This is so important because many of us think, hey, let's do more, let's do more. Yeah. And if we shift that and if we say, what if there is nothing to do and we just focus on on coherence and integrity i'm also very passionate about that also just coming back from a retreat the three days advaita vedanta retreat where we just had one question who am i who is observing this right now and so you go to your to your source and when you see that you realize there is nothing missing and there is nothing to do hmm. Now, if we bring that to the workplace, I'm actually very inspired by that. And I want to bring it also much more to the world. There is nothing missing in any moment. And everything needed is here in every team right now. And whenever we meet a colleague, a supplier, a client, there is nothing missing in them. There is the divine right now in everybody. And it's infinite opportunities. Yeah. So... How can we enable more of that curiosity, of that um, spark in teams, in organization? Um, mm. And I'm curious, how do you realize in yourself that coherence is diminishing or increasing? Um, one, there's, there's various ways. There's... Uh, Heart math has the the tools like inner balance where you can literally see your heart rate of its coherence, HRV. Um, so I, that's a tool that I use for that to get myself. Oh, literally in HRV. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. And what do you use? Uh, inner balance by heart math. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's one. Um, oftentimes the state of my surroundings is indicative of my mind state. So when there's a mess happening, I'm like, okay, slow down a bit get uh see what's you know seeing the chaos emerge which is okay because a lot of ideas come out of chaos for me and then it's like okay bringing it bringing it back um so that's that's it i think it's also the biggest one i've really realized is how much if i'm if i'm blaming anything external for what's going on versus taking responsibility and seeing what's coming from within um that's a sign that i'm out of coherence right uh so yeah, that's a, those are a few of them. Yeah, that's beautiful. And um, I, one question that I always ask is, you can pick one person when everybody zigs, this person is zagging, but from your perspective, they're doing the right thing. Who do you pick? 
Mm. Uh, what comes to mind is uh, uh, Dr. Ken, Ken Vu, who's doing a lot with biohacking, but I love that he's also got this amazing focus on how we live our lives as the ultimate kind of biohack. Um, so he's got a book called Thrive State, and he's an emerging speaker that I think is is doing something interesting and different. Beautiful. Robert, thank you so much for being on the show, sharing your journey, your wisdom with us. I want to add before before we end, what's what's what what book uh, what book for you would be, or a couple books would would be the ones that had a big impact on you? On me? Yeah. Oh, my teacher is called Rupert Spira. He's an Advaita Vedanta teacher, and he has written a book. It's called Being Aware of Being Aware, mm -hmm. which is such a simple. Uh, self-inquiry practice which is just asking who is observing right now who am i right now and so you peel back and you go um you just ask this question and by doing this question you gradually go back to your infinite self mm. uh, unconditional love and understanding mm. that's it and this is the essence which is everything and so when you do this practice and then you meet somebody you see the the infinite essence you see the divine in the other person and um this book is about that and that is touching me a lot i re reread it many times and everything basically by rupert uh, rupert spira is 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 touching me a lot got it that's where i get my inspiration from because very cool similar to you i i have read and experienced many methods in business that work well but Really, the core is simple and is deep and is here and now. Yeah. Awesome. Good to hear. <laughs> Thank you so much, Robert, for being on the show. Where do you hang out? Where can people find you? Uh, RobertRichman.com, R-I-C-H-M-A-N, RobertRichman.com. Um, OpenSpace.events open is, is the site that I mentioned before. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've, you can find me on the social profiles. I'm not that social on there, but... Uh, the, so robertrichman.com is the, is the main place. Thank you so much, robertrichman.com. Thank, Thank you. Please come back soon. Hey, if you love what you are hearing, you will love our free masterclasses. Go grab them at strategiesprints.com. What if your business would run well even when you are on vacation? Discover how 1,600 business owners have regained their freedom using the Strategy Sprint's blueprints. How they enjoy living their dream and watching their business scale. Get the exact checklists they use to go from stressed to fulfilled using the Strategy Sprint's method. Order your copy of Strategy Sprint's 12 Ways to Accelerate Growth for an Agile Business on Amazon today. And if you love it, leave us a review. For more information, head over to strategiesprints.com.